Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to episode 404 of The Lab. I'm Brad Barton. I'm Phil Barton. This is one in our continuing series on the science behind Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy fiction. If you'd like to catch the other episodes, you can find them by visiting thelabwithbrad.com. I have very creaky headphones. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not off topic at all. No, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? Okay, I'm, I'm here. It's behind the scenes today while Phil, <laughs> Phil wrestles with a relatively simple device known as headphones. I used to just sit there and not make noise. <laughs> Anyways. First, I want to thank the Girls Who Don't D&D. They're a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, which you can find by visiting girlswhodontdnd.com. They're better than us. Don't put in an apostrophe <laughs> in the don't. <laughs> and don't feel so sad. <laughs> and Dungeons & Dragons is abbreviated D, letter N, D. Yes. All right. So, they have questions for mm. us that they have brought in. Yeah, and I am going to play question number four oh. for you. If one bothers to read one's character sheet, you might find that you have a resistance to certain type of damage, i.e. psychic, heat, cold. What different types of attack and resistance occur amongst actual living things? That's the question. Why, she seems like she had a cold. Is she okay? <laughs> I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> you know, they go to the bother of making the questions for us. And she wow. sounds awful. Bill <laughs> distracted me. So I never did mention that the one who voiced question number four was Stacy. I don't know what Phil was talking about. What I heard was a stunningly beautiful, sophisticated, and mysterious woman whose hair is blowing in the wind somehow. That's what I heard. Attack and damage in okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. There are 13 types of damage. Really? But uh, we're not going to do all of them. Because, well, <laughs> that would be too long an episode. It's not a top 10, it's and a top also, 13. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I really didn't look all that hard for radiant damage. What it's the, the kind of damage your character takes if you get too close to a god. Oh, okay. I thought you just... <laughs> I didn't find anything. Nothing peer-reviewed. I thought anyway, you were hugging I'm... a furnace or something. <laughs> but let's uh, cover a few of these. There are um, slashing, piercing, and bludgeoning. Okay. okay. Yes, they happen. In fact, so much is not even interesting. Uh, let's move on. Okay. Poison nah. and acid damage. I'm mm -hmm. actually going to just stick these together because it happens all the time, especially with bugs. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. In, in real life. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is a science show, not a D&D podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, we do try to talk about real life from time to time. Yeah, blurring lines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The first time we did something on magic and the battery exploded. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Vigaroons, just as an example. Uh, is that a D&D character? Also called land lobsters. Oh, these are, okay. These yeah, are it's some kind of arachnid. I wish I could see a picture because they keep talking about its whip. Really? Yeah, that makes it sound maybe kind of scorpion tail-ish. Okay. No venom, though. It shoots acid. Uh, really? For a distance. I, I mean, yes. Yes! <laughs> and apparently it smells like vinegar. Gross. 
Um, but it is like 10, 20 times stronger than vinegar. Uh, it's not going to hurt you if it gets on your skin, unless you have unusually sensitive skin. Oh, okay. But you wouldn't want to get the stuff in your eyes. Oh, yeah. That would, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose they probably go for the eyes, right? Like, well, yeah. Right. So, so did the spitting cobra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the spitting cobra keep, kept getting included on acid spitting critter lists. It's not really spitting acid. It's spitting a neurotoxin. Oh, God. But it does aim for your eyes, and it does screw up your eyes quite badly if it can get you. Yeah, neurotoxins are... That doesn't sound good. No, it's, no. Generally not. We got the redwood ant. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is my personal favorite. Um, a lot of ants will sting you with formic acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys have a little pouch that can be as much as one quarter of their total body weight. Holy crap. Full of acid. Wow. And when the colony gets upset, they all squirt it out at once. Uh, you can actually see this little mist. <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um well, where do they live and where do I, don't I go? Well, considering that they are called the Redwood Ant, I, was I am guessing they are on the west coast of uh, California. Yeah, okay. With the, the Redwoods. <laughs> there is guess. a bird, though, speaking of resistance to various things, there is a bird that goes there. It's not actually even trying to eat or harm the ants. It just agitates them and then flies around inside the little mist of acid what is, okay. in order to clean off fleas and ticks and mites. All right. It's not as bad as I thought. I thought <laughs> these ants are amazing, man. <laughs> not that kind of okay. acid. Okay. Uh, another example of resistance, uh, the Rio Tinto River Ooh, okay. in southern Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Painted River. That it is apparently right. bright red. Oh, um, it's sitting in the middle of a uh, very mineral rich, um, hills mm-hmm. and these minerals get exposed and then the water flows through them and these are like sulfur, iron sulfides and gold uh, sulfides and so yeah. forth. And the net result of all of this is all sorts of nasty acid and heavy metals in the river. Oh, there's also been mining by humans off and on for the last 5,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a new trick, right? <laughs> so it may have contributed mm-hmm. uh, to this acidic and poisonous river. But it is full of various kinds of bacteria. Actually, there's uh, a small number of kinds of bacteria. There's a whole bunch of different eukaryotes. Eukaryotes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, single-celled eukaryotes. This is kind of funny. Uh, yeast and algae and filamentous fungus. Well, that's neat. They don't care. Like, no, yeah, this is a great place. <laughs> uh, the one that got me, though, is there's even some multicellular plants. Now, that it's, is interesting. Sounds yeah. like it's mostly just... Uh, grasses growing on the banks hmm. that have adapted to this otherwise toxic environment. So we wouldn't want to go swimming there. Is this a- pH of two? It would not ah. dissolve you, but it would, especially if you swam it, eventually irritate your skin, eat off your trunks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a great place for a first date. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do not want it anywhere near any of your mucous membranes. Oh no, uh, not your mouth, nose, eyes, ears, or down that way. Mm-hmm. So none of that. Yeah, terrible idea. I'm full of them. Fire. Uh, <laughs> okay. The closest kind of fire damage I could find was heat. Uh-huh. And this one, oh. you originally told me about the Japanese honeybee. Okay, yeah. When a hornet gets in their nest, they mob it 
Mm-hmm. They form what is technically known as a bee ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's an amazing. Wow. Uh, can you explain that in layman's terms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a ball of bee. Oh, okay, thank God. And for then that they beat their little wings and get to, they're pretty specific about the temperature 46 degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the documentary where I first ran into them, they were, they're not that far away from when they also. Uh, kick it. <laughs> the article I read uh, backs you up entirely. Yeah, it's hot enough to cook the hornet. Mm-hmm. But speaking of resistance again, they're two or three degrees below where it would have killed them. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do they know? All right, here's one. How about psychic damage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about that <laughs> on Monday. Our sponsors include Inside Voices, Vocal Training, and Tula! <laughs> I like that last one. <laughs> Any excuse to yell? Uh, I was going to ask because I, I, I there's a this thing, the I, thing wanted I wanted to ask. Wanted to ask. <laughs> you should have heard this. Were, lost, we weren't rolling at the time. I wish we had it. I lost track of what we have already covered in this uh, wonderful uh, this, uh, this excursion. Thing? Oh, yes. um, me too. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked. We've done charm spells and mind control. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Uh, we've done healing magic. Okay. And what was the last one we did? Uh, uh, dark vision. Opinion. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now we want to talk about types of attack, uh, damage, and resistance that occur amongst actual living things. And it's Dungeons and Dragons. One of the kinds of damage you can take uh-huh. is psychic damage. Oh, oh, yes. So as a lark <laughs> this morning, <laughs> I thought I'd poke around and see if I could find anything. Which I mean, I wasn't really expecting to find, but you know, if you come with me and we stretch a few points, yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, uh, the first thing I thought of was uh, phobias. Oh, oh, yeah. Where uh, humans, in particular, could be deathly afraid of an entirely harmless insect. Honest to just God, just because they're scared of bugs. Reaction, you know, they're sweating. They're yeah, yeah. It, some people have a bed. So, like, uh, does that happen in nature? Hmm. At all. Ever. Right? <laughs> Are bugs afraid of bugs? <laughs> Are bugs afraid of bugs? They look in the mirror and they're like, oh, no! <laughs> what is that thing? <laughs> uh, various animals have pre-programmed reactions. Oh. Very deep within their... Um, Psyche? Psyche. Good good word. <laughs> I was going to go with like a neurological system or something. Oh. But I like psyche better. <laughs> <laughs> like cats, for example. Yeah, You can certainly get them to attack just with a piece of string or a laser pointer. Mm-hmm. By the way, try and get one of those cat safe laser pointers. And even then, don't point it in their eye on purpose. Right? Oh, that'd be mean. <laughs> they seem to have things against tinfoil and cucumbers. Cucumbers. Yes. Actually, that's the one I checked. Ah. <laughs> I cannot find anybody who's done any serious research on this, but it does seem to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of theories. They're all internet theories. All right. My favorite is that it reminds them of a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somewhere in their little brainstem, they go, eek! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else countered, well, cats have been known to hunt snakes. Yeah. But this is, uh, you usually put the cucumber behind the cat while they're not paying attention. Right? Yeah. So they turn around. <laughs> and they just see snake behind them. Right? Otherwise, Awfully they're close. The thing they they are in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can uh, hack a cat's brain. Yes. Okay. Let's keep that in mind. So if we can hack some critters, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we can call that psychic damage. Okay. Yeah. Like the firefly. Re- what? Well, the, really? What? what, what? Uh, there's <laughs> that's, a that's a little bit of a basic 
more basic of a critter than I thought. Well, I got to start somewhere. Okay. Uh, they are a kind of beetle, mm. and they flash their little butts, the males do, in complicated patterns in order to attract females. Look over here. Who flash back once. <laughs> what? <laughs> After a certain time delay. <laughs> right? They're not being as fancy. It's the long string of text <laughs> that's just like, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is one particular species of firefly that fakes the signal to males of a different species. Weird. Uh, to lure them in and eat them. You're kidding me. Yeah. It's wow. Hacked the uh, mating signals. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's mean. All right. Uh, then there is something. This happened. I saw this happen. An example of this. Oh. It's the bird in the room story. Uh, okay. Uh, it was choir. In mm -hmm. high school. Oh. And mm -hmm. it was a warm day, so the big heavy metal security doors were wide open. Right, right. And so a bird came in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was, uh, most everybody had already left. And then everyone but me left because they had some complicated plan of how they're going to catch this bird and get this out of here. <laughs> okay. So I walk over to the window just to see it, right? Yeah. I could still see some at the time. Mm. And I watched this thing desperately trying to fly out of the window. I mean, he's right up against it, his wings going like crazy. Right. Full <laughs> panic. I, I can see it. I can see the outside. <laughs> so then I sort of just sort of swooped up and grabbed it with my hands. Wow. I even felt it. What? Well, I mean, I've never caught a bird. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it would flap for a while, and then it would stop, and then it would flap for a little more. And so I waited for it to stop and grabbed it. Uh -huh. I actually felt its little wings try to shrug out of my hands. Right. And I'm trying to be careful here to hold it enough so it's not going anywhere, but also I don't kill it. Right, right. <laughs> Which makes me feel really bad about the next part. Oh, no. Uh, the other people wander back. They see I've got the bird. I take it out of the door, uh -huh. and then I toss it into the air. Okay. Because I'm thinking it's going to fly away. That's what that's what they should do. Yes. It flew all right. Just like a rock. No. <laughs> <laughs> Landed on the pavement. I just have to add this in here, recording this a little later, but I wanted to say that the bird was fine. It did lay there for several minutes, but eventually it got up and flew away. So no animals were harmed during the making of this podcast. It was in a state they call tonic immobility. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh. Uh, mostly associated with a fear reaction mm -hmm. when various animals just sort of freeze. That Okay, yeah. Now, the theory here is that they're doing this to hack uh, cats or predators in general. If right. they stop moving and lie there like they're dead, then the cat, or I, I just always picture a cat, <laughs> might pause and go, wait a minute. And in that wait a minute moment, <laughs> bird flies away. Well, I broke it. What the, I mean, struggle. <laughs> Except it happens with a lot of critters where that particular explanation doesn't make sense. Uh, take sharks, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not every single species of shark and not every individual of a particular species, but many of them, you can turn them upside down mm -hmm. and they just sort of stop moving for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> totally changed my perspective. Man. Uh, Whoa, man. <laughs> why does this happen? The only uh, explanation that made sense to me is it's a social thing. They turn upside down when it's uh, good a mate. Oh. Kind of yeah, turn off the aggression. I get it, right? And most of its reactions, yeah. So you turn them upside down, and they're like, well, I'm just going to see what happens yeah. here. Hey. <laughs> okay. I never thought I'd swing this way. Right. <laughs> I might be able to make this work. <laughs> but, I mean, talk about a uh, uh, Achilles heel. An orca once turned over a great white, kept mm. it down there in that state until it, well, suffocated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've also been known to do that to stingrays, so apparently do the same thing when flipped upside down. Oh, oh. 
So, I mean, that doesn't seem like it's protecting you from predators. (laughs) (laughs) Well, orcas are unusually smart, and they're a bunch of bastards. That's true. True enough. But uh, another one, also a fish, trout. It's called tickling trout. Oh. Also a real thing. And again, I'm not getting any good explanation. When the fish goes under the bank, Mm -hmm. you reach your hands down Mm -hmm. and tickle its belly. (laughs) Or rub on its belly. And if you can do it right. (laughs) It's the same thing. Let's just see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) They go entirely slack. (laughs) Ask if it was good for you, and then you can just pick them up. Lights up a cigarette. I'd see that before. <laughs> so again, I mean, that doesn't seem like it's saving him from any predators hmm. in any way. Right, right. Uh, the last one, this one, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is even real, all right? But a lot of websites say it is. Okay. Uh, and it was even studied, unlike uh, the cat and the cucumber. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, hypnotizing chickens. Okay. This was studied? What grad student? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Apparently, I mean, they, they study it as the tonic immobility thing. Apparently, you can take a chicken's head mm-hmm. and plop it on the ground, hold it still, and then you draw a line with your finger or a stick or a piece of chalk from their beak outwards. Okay. And then when you let go of them, they just continue staring at the line <laughs> for anywhere from 15 seconds to 20 minutes or so. <laughs> This is this is not the same as the shark in the water. <laughs> if this is real, it's just weird. They're just not very discerning art fans. It's a look. <laughs> it's a line. It's amazing. <laughs> He's really we're... boiled it down to the fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, if we're hypnotizing the chicken. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you, you have nice people and make them cluck like a chicken. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to make the chicken do? Worry about its mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a people people. <laughs> <laughs> Go yakety yakety yakety. <laughs> All right, we're continuing on our list of various kinds of damage. Okay. And any real world examples? How about necrotic damage? Uh, this is the kind of stuff that uh, necromancers and zombies and it's it's the it's the magic of death. Okay. Causes necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the brown recluse? Oh, right. The okay. closest I could get to it. I could also talk about gangrene uh, eh, and various yeah. other rotty things. Yeah. But the brown recluse venom is a necrotic venom. Yeah, yeah. It's actually got the word in there. That counts. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Yeah, yeah. Right there, guys. It, Poisons these cells and causes them to produce uh, death-like products. Wait, okay. And then they burst open. Gross. And then your immune system goes in there going, something's wrong, and starts spraying everything with kill it before it kills us chemicals. Okay. And oh. then uh, all of that spreads and hurts some more cells. You can get to the sort of feedback thing mm-hmm. uh, where the your flesh starts to rot. Ah, gross. Yes, it's not... Good. And if something like that is happening, you really need to go to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no matter what caused it. <laughs> right. How about lightning damage? Oh, uh, well, I mean, well, we I mean yeah, lightning. I mean, really, this is not hard. How about the electric <laughs> eel? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or the torpedo ray. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know that one. <laughs> but oh, well, does it look like a torpedo? <laughs> no, actually, um, the word torpedo comes from the torpedo ray. Oh. It was originally named after being torpid, uh, mm-hmm. as in slow and not moving around much. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Words change meaning over time. 
How about thunder damage? Oh, well, what's the difference? Right? We just went from lightning to thunder. Well, okay. I had to think about this for a while, and I finally came on, how about a big boom? How about sonic oh. weapons? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Like the tiger moth. Oh, I, I was thinking whales, but okay. <laughs> the tiger moth, when being chased by a bat, will yell at it <laughs> to jam its sonar. Stop it! <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> Effectively blinding the bat on the level of sound in order to get away. That's neat. Okay, cool. Sperm whales. Yes. Now, okay, the jury is out on whether or not they use their sound as a weapon. Really? Yeah. I saw the study that cast doubt on this idea, and I have uh, several issues with it, but uh, let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they do uh, get up to 230 decibels on the order of a jet taking off, Oof. and it's loud enough to have injured and even killed human divers before. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. So, regardless of whether or not they use it on the regular, <laughs> they can. <laughs> they can. Hmm. Also, killer whales and humpbacks both yell at fish. (laughs) (laughs) Boom! (laughs) I remember uh, seeing, I happened to catch two documentaries in a row. One talked about the humpback whales doing this, Mm -hmm. and one talked about the orcas doing this. Mm. And I'm listening to the yell, the recording of the yell, and I'm like, that sounds exactly the same. As, uh, oh, between the two of them? Yes. Because uh, the frequencies they are using irritate the swim bladders of the fish. So they got to go pee? I don't know. Swim swim bladder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm paying attention. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't just scare them. It actually hurts. Then they chase them along until they bump into a bubble net from their pals, and and then they eat them all at once. Yum, yum, yum. Killer whales have also been used uh, used a slap (laughs) of their tail to make a loud noise and stun fish. I, you see, I like all of that. I hear uh, you can fish with grenades. Uh, I saw that in the movie once. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. There is nowhere that's legal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, uh, my favorite thunder damage, mm-hmm. the pistol shrimp. Oh. Less than an inch long. Mm-hmm. One oversized claw it uses to make a very loud snap sound. Oh. It's uh, loud enough to turn some of the water into steam briefly. Yes. And as the steam goes shooting back in, it actually glows and is for just a moment hotter than the surface of the sun. That's amazing. Yeah. So when they go snap. (laughs) (laughs) They mean it, right? I mean, (laughs) holy crap. And they use that to hunt their prey. So many kinds of damage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then dragons. Uh Oh, Okay. Next time. Oh, <laughs> there's our segue. <laughs> See you then. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.